Welcome back to Down to Watch. Hey, this is Raul. I'm with Dan. What's up, sir? And uh, we didn't figure out who was going to start the episode. So I was a couple of seconds, uh, was a no, couple that's of fine. seconds late. But I gave you a little pointer. I gave you a little pointer yeah. figure it over the out. Zoom. Yeah. It worked yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, Dan, uh, yeah. we had a bunch of TV shows lined up for March last episode. Uh, yeah. And this week, we chowed down on a few of them. Yeah, we uh we presented a few things and a few even we pre- presented like uh topics almost like an idea because it was just so blatantly out there that so many new shows were being created as docudramas of real life events. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, and then I think we had presumed that we would cover some of these. Um, yeah, today. we got a couple actually today. A lot yeah. of b- good or b- bad people behaving badly. Yeah, exactly. And it's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing because we, we know the outcomes of a lot of these different things and we even mm-hmm. know more, we know more info than we're even being given in some ways too. So then it like leaves a lot of things open with what are they going to include in this yeah. fictional retelling, you know, that we're like, oh, why didn't they talk about such and such, you know? So we'll get into right. that. Yeah. Um. So let's get into, well, first of all, oh, I wanted to get into the Kate McKinnon of it all, of the. This I was kind gonna of the, say, are you gonna say of it all? You do like saying all. of it all. I don't say that really. I've heard that <laughs> on podcasts. Uh, that oh, few, oh yeah, a fan you don't of ours. Use that in real life, sure. I mean, a fan. Uh, we're a fan of somebody's that that says that on some podcasts, and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it pertains, I think, perfectly to sure two of the three shows for today, and in such a weird, connective way. That's like I don't know. It's just so random that it almost well, seems not random. It almost seems know. not random, right? Yeah. 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 So Kate McKinnon, who we know and love from SNL. Yes. Uh, oh, you don't know and love her from uh, Ghostbusters 20, whenever it happened? Well, uh, well, I'm I'm starting with the origins of what ah, we know her from. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and, and now she is, yes, uh, becoming a comedic actress. And uh, and the new show, uh, Joe and Carol, is kind of a, a mix. It's kind of a, a different mix because I'm trying to think if we've seen Kate McKinnon in anything uh, serious, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not that this is a hundred percent serious, but right, uh, dramatic. Let's say dramatic. Yes, yes. There was one thing that I saw her in that. Oh, was I'm really... sure she's had dramatic uh, turns, but I'm skipping through her filmography and I'm not seeing anything oh, that's. Oh, here we go. At me. Here we go. Yeah, here it is. Bombshell. Oh, okay. So when she was in Bombshell, she she was in a I believe a lesbian relationship with That's somebody. That's right. Yeah, I and and it this, was uh, Roger Ailes thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was surprising to me to see her in that because she was playing somebody that I think was like it was like a more dramatic uh, situation for this like relationship she was in. It was mainly like a behind the scenes relationship mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's doing. It was a little also bit. A, that cast was wildly stacked too. So. Mm-hmm. If you if she didn't I I didn't know she was in that show I'm only like kind of aware of it but uh yeah I would have yeah. you got to go down a few people on the cast list till you get to her right right and so it's funny so I I feel like because I watch SNL way more I think than you like I'm pretty yeah 
I would say so. Yeah, I'm a pretty adamant SNL person because it's just on Hulu, commercial free, the day after it comes on. And so I'll play catch up mm-hmm. and, and watch episodes over the years. And so uh, Kate was, I feel like, missing for like a bulk of time, like a, like a large chunk of time. And I think that's because she was working on Joe versus Carol, I believe. Okay. If I had to guess. But before we get into Joe versus Carol, I wanted to talk about what something we just learned pre-recording that we both were like because you thought oh, yeah so yeah. we're going to talk about the dropout later another uh tv show another yeah semi-documentarian yeah or, docudrama uh, docudrama that's better yeah and i forgot you reminded me or you even thought kate mckinnon was in both shows we were going to talk about today which sounded nuts to me it sounded and when you said that i thought <laughs> is that possible that i and i've been watching i've seen literally three episodes of the dropout i'm like i don't remember seeing kate mckinnon but she did pop up on google in a weird way and it was related to the fact that she was supposed to be the lead in the dropout in 20 2019 is a part that's uh being acted by uh amanda seyfried amanda seyfried now yeah exactly so it's they went in a whole different direction i feel like Mm -hmm. they don't look that different but they definitely are as actresses much different yeah, exactly. And Kate McKinnon, by any stretch, is not an old person, but she also is not somebody who we're trying to, in the dropout, see as a college kid. That's true. You know, yeah. like who's dropping yeah. out of school. So it, it kind of makes sense. a weird thing. It would yeah. definitely have a different feel, I think. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I, and once you said that, yeah, you, she was in this, or she was related to it in some way, and then we realized, okay, she bowed out of it for whatever reason obviously i think it could have been creative differences where they wanted to go in a more dramatic um uh direction yeah, p- potentially like it, yeah yeah so as okay. a matter of fact it's possible that the tone that we see in her in joe versus carol is yeah. the um the tone that she wanted for the dropout oh interesting yeah i could totally see that too kind of mixing in both both of her natures in, in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like a little but bit of Joe funny. and Joe versus Carol has a real comedic through line. Like yeah. that's very present. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, like we would have obviously in the dropout had more comedy, but at the same time, I would give her the credit to say we could definitely see the layered kind of both sides of how you can deal with a little bit of comedy, but also I have, uh, well. I have a note in my, in my notes uh-huh. about uh-huh. her character. Uh, we'll get to that later. Okay. Yeah. The only thing, yeah, I was just going to link to, cause it's interesting. So she drops out of the dropout 2019. She drops out of the dropout. We get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes on to do this Carol Baskin thing, which at the time, 2019, uh, um, uh, Tiger King hadn't even come out until obviously 2020 cause it was pandemic times. Is that, um, yeah, you're it was right. Early pandemic times. Yeah. Yep. So then time rolls on and there's a new Tiger King show and then that's being made. And at the same time, the dropout is being made now with Amanda Seyfried. Both of these come out on Tuesday of this past week, Weird. which sounds crazy, crazy to me. Yeah, that sounds yeah. a little nuts. Um, but both really, uh, actually, I, I'm going to have really positive things to say about both of them. So, what do you? What was your feelings about? Uh, I'm a little Carol? surprised that uh, I didn't do enough research on what okay. was going on in the background when we had okay. like competing Tiger King. Uh, mm. What you want to call uh, reproductions or not? Or like, I don't know. It's a weird. Everybody's calling them docudramas or whatever, but it's like they're in this case dramatic it's not really reenactments, dramatic. basically, right? Yeah, they're in like, a way. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're like, what's the show that well, there were? There have been shows that 
straight up just did dramatic reenactments of like crime and so didn't unsolved mysteries used to do something like that too they call them reenactments yeah where right. you have a voiceover and then somebody's playing the person you're talking in so the story these are about. just yeah. reenactments but with like marquee uh actors and directors and writers yeah i would give way more like of a uh, creative bend to these like reenactment kind of is like a slant it's a little bit of a you know a but bad not thing because of the definition of it because of where we've seen it used i think that's more like that could in, be yeah that's what we understand we're, it we're used to seeing it in like in like kind of tawdry uh crime reenactments that's yes. where we know it the most from your america's most wanted and your first 48s and things like that well yeah and at the same time those things are trying to create from possibly like a real timeline of events whereas like as true and real to life as possible yeah whereas like for what we're seeing it's a it's a lot more creative choices involved with well with definitely in in uh, Joe versus Carol, there's some creative license mm-hmm. clearly being taken. Yeah, and even like as much as I've seen other documentaries on the dropout and stuff, it's like I don't know how much of that's, you know, like going back into history and how many things are real. So at some point, you got to put that on the side a little bit. Yeah, uh, but Joe versus trying to tell a story. Yeah, but at the same time, Joe versus Carol is such a modern, modern thing because we've only seen the documentary. So even though a lot of that stuff, when we, when we when did it kick off? Like seven years ago in the story. 2420 yes. oh no we saw the doc in 2020 so seven years before that so what yeah what does it take place 2013 so 2010 20 yeah but it goes back and jumps back in time a little bit too uh, I, yeah I, I don't remember what present day is supposed to be yeah i would say roughly 2012 i'm gonna say 2012 okay. yeah that sounds close enough um so yeah but so these jo- are these are starting uh-huh. to come out faster and faster compared yes. to like we got didn't we we got a reenactment or like a, a docudrama about the fire festival uh did we or was that just those that was just straight docs those are okay. straight docs yeah uh, but who knows i mean could be in the works yeah what other but we've got other so, recent well we just got that it's ridiculous how quickly the tinder swindler got his own Drama oh, movie. I heard did you about see that? No, I didn't see it, but I heard. No, um, I didn't. I mean, did you Netflix. see that it exists? Yes. Like, I didn't imagine you uh, were yeah. going to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. I think I was hearing some positive things too about it, but. Uh, yeah. But none no. of these things have, like, it's a it's the skeleton of a story being given to writers, actors, and directors. There's a perfectly yeah. good chance that they can spin gold out of any of these scenarios. It could be. It could be. But at the same time, it's a fine line, I think, that you're walking where it's like. You know, it could be very flat and just like, why are we doing this kind of a thing? You know, like, what's the point? Well, what's the point of doing? Also, um, the the a lot of these a lot of times uh, when we see uh, these docudramas like 15, 20 years later, it's yeah. obvious that they've got a lot of stuff wrong in the interest of getting the story made as quickly as possible. Yes. Which then I start to think, well. When are these stories becoming, are these stories becoming the true story now to the general uh-huh. population, you know? Right. Yeah. No, that's true. And that's up to the, yeah, people to hopefully realize like, and and at the beginning of the Carol Bass, I believe it's that one, or maybe even the dropout too. It's like, it says blatantly, these events are not factual events or they're based on factual events, but they are recreations of like moments in history or whatever it's. I feel like anybody so. who reads that just yeah. hand waves that as, okay, so it's a true story. Got it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, which it's it's the it's the opposite of the beginning of Fargo, where Fargo says <laughs> this is a true story and it's completely fake. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I yeah because like usually it's a one liner. Usually, if it's if it's a true story, like it'll just say a one liner at the beginning. You know, like. But even mm-hmm. then, it's based on a true story. Usually, you right. Know? So. I don't know. We'll we'll, well have to I, leave that. I forgot what story I saw recently, but there's a trailer floating around that has inspired by true events. Or well no, uh-huh. inspired by true events is a thing that happens a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh there was another one. There was like in the spirit of a true event or something mm. like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's not even trying to be a true story. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't I can't remember what it is. I I'll, I'll figure it out. But the, yeah, like whereas some things try and really stretch to say like, oh, this is how really honest and truthful this thing is. Uh, the Carol Baskin thing, I think they're really, really trying to say like, listen, like this is uh, this is not exactly, exactly going to be how things mm-hmm. went down. Um, but uh, but still like, oh, here, oh, I just thought of an example, too, of a new thing that I just saw, too, was the um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, Showtime yeah. show. Super pumped. Yeah. The Uber story and that and one the WeWorked one too that's coming out. That's going to be another one, yeah. It, but the, but specifically this Joseph Gordon-Levitt thing is not really working well. Like after the first episode, oh. dude, I was kind of yeah, I was kind of let down um, by it. So as much as like they're trying to get things right too or whatever, it's like I don't know if it's just the storytelling. But to me, it was just like the vibe of it didn't really have like the energy of like the social network. So huh. So we'll see, man. We'll see. All but right. Yeah, well, so far, no, you'll see. I'm probably not going to check it out. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't blame you. But um. But what did you think, Joe versus Carol? Okay. Um. Now I yeah. got a confession to make. Okay. Uh. I did not. I saw very little. I haven't seen zero, but I saw very little of Tiger King. Oh, the original. I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm sort of a like unicorn in this world at this point, you know? Well, it's literally like, you know, everybody during the pandemic, like what else were you doing? You know, mm-hmm. like people would just hear about this thing and then got into it. I know you are better than most at like kind of distancing and kind of being like, okay, that's the popular thing, but I don't know. It's not necessarily something I'm just going to like blindly just jump into as well. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't use the word better. I would definitely say that I'm yeah. more. Uh, uh, I'll I'll I avoid popular things out of some yeah. dumb some dumb <laughs> mindset of wanting to. I don't I don't even know what it is. I don't agree with it. I don't agree like, with it really con- because I'm not like that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I I kind of get that, but at the same time, if something is good or like seems interesting, I'm not gonna just not see a thing because it's like sure. everybody's and and you try and be early. Like I I, th- I feel like a lot of yeah. times you try and be. Uh, like with but Ted Lasso. Being in on the story is cool. Like yeah, Ted yeah. Lasso. Yeah, like Ted Lasso is a good example. Like because I know you haven't seen that, and you're kind yeah. of like waiting for your own time and place to jump into that when when things kind of die down. But luckily, I'll probably watch it. yeah. But I had but I got into that like really really early days. Uh, also and during the pandemic too. So I just I, uh, I just somebody just told me they started watching it recently, uh-huh. and I had explained to them that. You know my my position on it. Uh-huh. My position is not a real position. <laughs> uh, and um, and their response was, uh, "Yeah, no, I know. It really is that good, though. Yeah, it's really right. that good. That's like, the thing. Good. You just added another year to me not watching it by saying that. Yeah, I think you need. Yeah, I'm gonna set you up with people that 
are going to just purposely like get into your life just to be like, I hate Ted Lasso just so that uh, like, it levels it off. And you're like, okay, now I can start. I'm too cynical. I'll see right through it. I'm, I will. I will see through it, and I'll be There's like, no. "Oh, you're trying to." No, you know what? You know what? The best way I've always, I've, I've always found to to cure this is mm-hmm. to find somebody that I want them to watch something that's out of character for them, and then we trade basically. Okay. Like, uh, that's yeah. how I ended up watching The Wire, which is oh. now probably like my number one show, like best show of all time. Right. Yep. Maybe not my favorite show, but I think it might be the best show. Yeah. Oh, I agree completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Here we go. The dropout. No. Oh, no. We're not done with. We're not done with Joe vs. Carol. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. I don't know why I thought we started with. Yeah. 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 Uh, TV. Okay. I'm just going to read this blurb from IMDb. TV series based on the life of Joe Exotic, the former Oklahoma zoo operator and big cat breeder who was put on trial and sentenced to 22 years in prison for plotting to murder another big cat enthusiast, which is who uh, Kate McKinnon's playing. Mm-hmm. Carol uh, Baskin. Carol now, Baskin, yes. that's the that's the, uh, the log line for uh, Tiger King. A show that's about Joe Exotic. This right. show is about both of them. Yeah. Well, no, that was on. That was the Joe vs. Carol blurb. Oh, because, that was Joe. Oh, I thought that was the Joe Exotic blurb. No, oh, I'm sorry, the Tiger King blurb. Which it could have been. It easily could have been. Sounds like it. Yeah. But yeah. But this is. Um. But yeah, you're right. It's completely a two hander where we're seeing back and forth between Carol Baskin and uh joe exotic so it's uh it's interesting because i feel like a lot of things in the media kind of like they weren't like in love with the tiger king but like his eccentricities were you know kind of appreciated he was very entertaining to many many people uh i think that the show at least from where it's i the I should mention we're gonna spoil the first episode but that's as far as i've been i haven't seen any more than the first one how about you uh uh what did i say i think two I think I'm two for sure. Two. I don't think I okay. started the third yet. Yeah. Well, from the first episode, mm-hmm. the I don't the the as the, I don't think they're evenly matched the characters. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the it's much more on the side of Carol Baskin being yeah. more of a normal, if kind of like difficult to put up with person, yep. versus mm-hmm. Joe Exotic. Who is a ball of chaos? I would say falls pretty good. <laughs> yeah, in the description of his character, at least on this show. Yeah, and that's really how he was on the like the documentary. Like it, they're presenting him, if anything, in a toned down light. Mm-hmm. I feel like from the docu series, like or for the for the documentary show, you know, like um, right. yeah, the uh, the Joe here is uh, is a very good caricature. I think literally that nobody could do this role better than uh, John Cameron Mitchell. Do you, okay, so what do we know John Cameron Mitchell from? Okay, yeah, I think I mentioned this in the upcomings, but this mm-hmm. dude um, had a short thing in Bliss. And I think he was just a, a actor. Oh, I'm sorry, not Bliss, Shrill. Shrill with um, the 80 Bryant show, uh, another yes. SNL Connect. Um, and that was like the most recent thing I know him from. Uh, oh, it looks like he's going to be in The Sandman. I, I saw that, which is cool. Like, yeah. uh, very interesting. Uh, it's a Neil Gaiman thing. Then uh-huh. David S. Goyer is also a uh, comic book thing, connected. right? Like yeah. a comic book related thing. Yeah. yeah it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a, um, Neil Gaiman is a, is a writer, uh, who wrote a lot of comic books as well. Uh-huh. And, um, 
it's it's all it's very fantastical, uh, deeply rich uh, uh, systems of magic and re- and you know stuff like that. So right, that could and be it's super goth. And it's super goth. So are you willing to watch that because of John Cameron oh, yeah. Mitchell potentially? Okay. I'm gonna, All right. No, I'm going to watch that because way, Neil Gaiman yeah. is a brilliant writer, and right, this is his this this is his baby. So like, American Gods was a big one for Neil Gaiman. Uh, that was his book series, but right. as far as a graphic artist, as a graphic novel artist, mm-hmm. uh, Sandman is his. That's his like cool. mark on the world kind of a thing. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, for me, I just know knowing that uh, John Cameron Mitchell's in this uh, helps me along quite a bit. Doesn't say who he plays, though, right? I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see that quite yet. So I guess we don't know for sure if he's the titular Sandman. He's not. I don't think he's. I think we know who the titular. Well, actually, no, he's maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I'll I'll say this. uh, What I and this is very recent for me, and I feel bad about that because Hedwig and the Angry Inch from 2001. Yes, that's. Yeah, it's a highly lauded piece of work. And, Very uh, much so. Indie film. Yeah, and I had never seen it until literally the last, uh, I want to say, two years. Um, it was on my list to see for the longest time. I've heard so many good things about it, and it was great, and it lived up to the hype completely. Um, it was very, very like countercultural, right? Very uh, Yeah. A lot of stuff that would make some people uncomfortable, perhaps. Yeah, uh, this is the blurb for uh, for, um, for Hedwig. Hedwig. Yeah, a genderqueer punk rock singer from East Berlin tours the U.S. with her band as she tells her life story and follows the former lover bandmate who stole her songs. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's it's a, a lot very there. emotional story. It's a very, like... You've seen it, right? Like a, I haven't. I oh, have, really? oh. I've, I've heard hours upon hours of discussion over it. Oh, wow. Uh, but I never got around to it. It just didn't, that glam rocky style of like, yeah, uh, of music was just never that interesting to me. But I had uh-huh. a friend who saw it when it just, just, just came out and it was like not, nobody was, I, didn't, I don't remember people really talking about it that much. And uh, I think it was the, the the feathered hair in the poster made me think it was like a hair metal thing. Right. And then ever since then, it just never like landed in my, gee, I really got to watch that sort of thing. I can tell you, I mean, uh, just from a creative standpoint, yeah, not really being a fan necessarily of the song types, the I guess, either. Mm-hmm. But in considering the character and the, the situation within the film, it's it's all great. It's like completely That's what I've heard. Drags yeah, the me story is incredible. Yeah. I've heard that the music's mm-hmm. very good, but it doesn't sound like it's for me. The yeah, the, like specifically the music, but it's like the context of the the music in the story changes it from like That's just cool. listening to it like a song per thing. You know, it, it, it's more woven together than just like a typical. It definitely musical. feels like a movie that I'm missing out not watching. For sure. Yeah, I think you would totally appreciate it. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. So who knows? Maybe we'll see that. Oh, because yeah, maybe that'll be one of oh, the yeah. ones that uh, the two thousands <laughs> list. Trade. Yeah. Remember the two thousands list too that we can. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. A yeah. Perfect. That, I would that. definitely put that on a list like that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, looking here, I see that John Cameron Mitchell, I did not know this, uh, directed Rabbit Hole. Um, oh, the, uh, which one's Rabbit Hole? Remind me. Yeah, the Australian movie. I was going to say Nicole Kidman's in it, but I don't think that's right. Let me see real You quick just think that because it's from Australia. Oh, no. I was right. Yeah. She <laughs> is in it. Okay. <laughs> I was right. Nicole Kidman, Aaron Eckhart. Um, it's where... Uh, Oh wait, this is oh this is a different story than I even thought it was. Life for you're saying Happy- he directed this. Huh? This is not this is not Australia. Th- I'm sorry. There's a there's a movie called Rabbit Proof Fence, uh, which I confused <laughs> I 
completely confused. With I was this gonna story. say this this uh, this cast for Rabbit Hole though. He yeah. got to order around Nicole Kidman, Aaron Eckhart, Diane Weist, Miles yeah. Teller, Giancarlo Esposito, Sandra Oh. This is, this this is a big time directing cast. gig. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being a pretty good uh, pretty good movie. Okay. Um, anyway, so he's done some directing as well. Uh, so yeah, he's quite the the performer, and him as Joe Exotic, I think, is. Uh, is that spot is on for casting. He is he is uh he grabs the camera, that's for sure. He is very much in charge yeah. of every scene he's in. Uh including the scene where he is very much in charge of another mm-hmm. uh, guy who maybe doesn't love the, his his authority. Yeah. Uh wait, which other, which other guy? No, wait, he goes the guy he's he, into uh, yeah, the, the guy like he takes for the couch in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, so th- so if you've seen you haven't seen the doc series, but I knew I, who this was. I did. I'm oh. aware of the person in like I know the story oh, okay. of Joe Exotic. I'm aware. Okay. Of yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this guy yeah becomes a his love interest uh and in, in, mm-hmm. uh lover um in the Joe Exotic story like in the doc series. So this is somebody we see around a lot and then we see him interviewed and about his past and a lot of different things. Um mm-hmm. And then uh, who else is in? The, oh yeah, Kyle McLaughlin is uh, Carol Baskin's uh, wife. Yeah, he's he's husband, well husband. hidden. Uh, he's well hidden in behind the uh, real dorky pushover husband character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's great. You you if as soon as you catch his voice as Kyle McLaughlin's, you're like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, but he is putting on something because he. He's not trying to do like any good kind of impression. You're not like impersonating the guy because I know the guy who he's playing who's in real mm-hmm. life. And he is not quite as nerdy, I'd say, even as that okay. person. But for him, like he's 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 fulfilling the role perfectly in tandem with how Kate McKinnon is playing her role, I would say. You know, like they have to kind of work together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, tell me if I'm... I, Spoilers for the real life world that you live on and humanity and time. Uh, uh-huh. Is this is the character that will eventually pass away or disappear? And, no, no. Oh, this is not that. This one. is post okay. all that. Yeah. So ah, you're, gotcha. you're walking in perfectly to my biggest Great. question is if they are going to tackle mm-hmm. that stuff and how they're going to do that, which I think they will. Cause, um, what we know is that Joe Exotic is going to have at some point a live like YouTube channel, basically, <laughs> that he's going to start. I guarantee this yeah. is going to happen okay. on the show. It's, this it, is a thing that happened in real life. Yeah, exactly. Where they like started getting in these fights, and, and that's what put all his all his opinions out there into the world for the FBI and whoever later to like realize like, oh, okay, yeah, he really hates her. He could easily kill her. Maybe, you know, it, it kind of yeah. It tends to happen more often than. Right. Then you'd, you'd, then you'd believe. Yeah, exactly. Because people think they're just being, you know, honest and just putting it out there in the world. That What's wrong with this lady and that? And so he presents a whole case against her and her history and things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if anything, I think that's where things are going to lead uh, in relation to that whole husband thing. Yeah. Because then the doc series, that's the main thing about Carol Baskin that you kind of like the big tit- tit- titillating uh, sure. information backstory. Yeah. It's like what happened to her former husband. And this is a piece of information that I, I've seen like bleed into other real world situations because uh, Carol Baskin has become something of a character in real life that, you know, she was on dancing with the stars. Right. She was, yeah. She's like, she's continuing to exist past uh, Tiger King yeah. while uh, there is still a contingent of people who believes she murdered her husband. 
Right. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a crazy situation, but there really isn't any other evidence that seems like that they could do anything with because they did a follow-up, you know, after the initial mm-hmm. Tiger King, they came back, did like a little... Um, oh, they did like a one-off the, extra like, The wrap-up episode yeah, yeah. that everybody hated and was like, this is clearly a cash grab. Yeah, yeah. It was like during the pandemic, so they literally sent everybody cameras and told them to set it up and record some stuff and whatever. But now they yeah. did, a, yeah, like a season two, which is heavy, heavy, because Joe Exotic's in jail. Spoiler alert, Joe Exotic's yep. like locked up. Did he Turns die in jail? Hired to, no, he's still alive. He didn't die yet, right? Okay. Not okay. yet, but he has cancer, not looking good. Yeah. It's not looking, it's looking rough. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the season two of Tiger King was a lot about Carol and, uh, trying to, they're investigating it so hardcore. Some, some people are like the, the police have done pretty much everything they have. They followed this up is, a lot. This of is there. now in the hands of don't fuck with cats types people. Um, uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah. But it's also just like people that just want to like hire private investigators to really research out like where is that not how they are and don't fuck with cats i thought that is kind of how I think oh i see what you're saying up. i see what you're saying i thought you meant literally i was taking you very literally with no 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 the type who of don't people like in, the, in the documentary <laughs> don't fuck with cats where yeah. they hire a private investigator and yes they, they exactly themselves that's exactly right yeah because somebody flies down to uh this investigator flies and tracks like the uh, the other husband's like whereabouts and a lot of the things that were going on like problems with their marriage and because that guy too was not like a seemingly great guy, had a lot of uh, mm-hmm. tax evasion things and all these crazy things. So <laughs> there's giving a reason basically for why she could maybe want to get now. Rid of uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but in the original Tiger King show, there are no real yeah. heroes in this show, everybody's kind of a villain. That's right, yeah, that's pretty much right, dude. Yeah, it's like a series of just like really eccentric people coming in and out doing crazy shit. Yeah, and as true. far as you've seen in Joe versus Carol, are they being true to that nature of the general people in the story? So, or are they kind of like sanctifying somebody a little bit? No, it's. It, I think it's pretty on the straight and narrow with the doc series for the most part, except for like what you said, how the show's starting off pretty pro Carol in a lot she of ways. She seems shitty. Like you don't uh-huh. like her, but she's not uh-huh. doing anything bad. She exactly. just seems like a like a pain. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah, but so it's starting a little. I think it's going to start to even out a little more when we see more of like her history, and so mm-hmm. it could skew a little bit more in that direction. But also, I like that they bring up because this is what people have said too: is Carol, as much as she's saying she rescues these cats, she still keeps mm-hmm. them in cages. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. very just it's, like what are you? What's the real not- thing here? Whatever she is doing, it yeah. is not the thing she says she is doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. She's very sanctimonious and it's like doesn't. I did you know, mention I wrote something about this in my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'll bring it up now. Is Kate uh, McKinnon too mm-hmm. charismatic to play a character that is hmm. essentially a jerk? Because, right. like I said, in this in this first episode, she is a pain in the ass. She's yeah. uh, she's manipulative. She's very emotionally manipulative and uh, passive aggressive. Super right. passive aggressive, right? Right. Uh, and yet, because the way Kate McKinnon is funny, that yeah. even when she she's not being passive aggressive in a way to make you go, "Ooh, you suck, you character." Right. She's doing it in a way that makes you go, uh, "People are this way. It's it's terrible and it's funny." Yeah. Yeah. And do do we get? Is there like a 
or at least as far as you've gotten in the show, uh-huh. do we get to where you start to dislike her or is it still like it's funny that she's such a jerk? It's it's weird, man, because it's like it, like I was saying, like this show takes a little bit of a serious tone. Like it's not I don't think it would work if it was completely just a sitcom, which in a lot of ways it kind of felt like that a little bit like when they were meeting with the uh her crew about like trying to research like who's not dealing with animals properly in the United States and trying to track them down. And you got like the main like girl character who's at her table, who's like, uh, you know, one of her like organizers or whatever. And, uh, that felt very like parks and rec to me almost in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, like it felt like that vibe of like a little town coming together to do a thing and which is fine. But it's very light, you know, and so I was curious right. if the whole show is going to be like that. It doesn't seem it's exactly like that. It's going to get even darker for sure. But um, and then we see that by the end of episode two, she's getting very frustrated because she's like, we're not doing enough for these cats and blah, blah, blah. So she comes off like she wants to do so much good. And you kind of buy you buy into it because that's the way I think Kate McKinnon is actually delivering it, which is good. Okay. Because that's what you're, you're supposed to feel the way she's feeling, even if you know truthfully that it's like what is she it's really just, doing she's doing so, it's about self-importance it seems yeah. like more than anything it's about yeah. like how important she is than the cats or whatever right and i think but, they're, they're sort of relating it to her mom having like had a horrible life having like had to run away or something oh but was that supposed to, to be her yeah i think that might have been her i don't know if it was though because well i guess yeah no uh time wise it would kid. have to be her yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, I'm trying to think if like um, how would that go down? Because she, I forgot that she had a daughter, but then she does have a yeah. daughter who Which is, is in the show. That might be an invented character, actually. That's like because the only right. the daughters, I don't know her to have a daughter. Like, and maybe they just keep it quiet for the from the documentary because the they're just like, yeah, like she has nothing to do with this, so let's just not deal with her. Um, the the husband who died had two daughters mm. but not with carol i believe yeah it was like after carol but there, carol. there are straight up like jokes in the in the pilot um the uh-huh. uh like the daughter has one like a, it's, uh-huh. a, it's an it's a throwaway joke but it is a hundred percent like a laugh line yeah where where when she gets excited about having found joe exotic in a bunch of pictures yeah and she's like putting them up on the board and showing everybody look look what do you uh-huh. notice about this this picture and this picture and her daughter goes it's a guy with a dog collar you know (laughs) right and she goes no the mullet yeah it's the same guy with both the dog collar and the mullet they would have both worked also you would notice a guy with a freaking dog collar uh (laughs) that is a noticeable thing yes it was funny it was a (laughs) funny line it was supposed to kind of like confer that or convey that she kind of doesn't take her daughter seriously, even though uh-huh. her daughter is clearly like a more trained medical professional, I think. Right. She's like, a she vet, does basically. Right. I don't know if she's on that level she just, necessarily, but she does seem like she's been raised in this environment. So she's like a worker for the cause. Like she's very mm-hmm. like with it. Yeah. And, and that's what we get uh, a lot of, uh, I think, uh, Kate McKinnon, the only thing or Carol Baskins, the only thing her character, the only reason her character doesn't come off as a hundred percent cult leader yeah. is because she's so uh I don't like the word Karen-ish but like you uh-huh. know like yeah. like uh priorities are all weird and she's being shitty about them. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh but- whereas Joe Exotic full comes off as a cult leader. 
So right. it really is just like two cult leaders, like bashing heads. Yeah. Yeah. And that's literally like, that's why it's a good name because that's what the documentary came down to too, was like Joe versus Carol. You could call that the documentary, but also obviously like they're trying to just be more, Oh, and it's because they had so much more footage too of, uh, Joe exotic. Of, uh, Cause he Joe, took, yeah. yeah. So in the doc, dude, it's kind of an interesting angle. Like a lot of the, the material for the doc is from a reality show that he tried to start. He hired a film crew to film him cause he was trying to get on mm-hmm. like discovery channel or something like that. And so he has all that footage that never aired because that show never got picked up. So like a lot of that footage is all legitimate professionally shot stuff, but it wasn't for the doc. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just used because it was already there and they had all this footage. So, so we have more information and more background on the psyche and everything related to Joe exotic. So, so if anything, maybe the show is trying to balance that out a little bit with this being a little more pro Carol, at least for right Mm -hmm. now, as far as I've seen in the show. So I'm trying to look through the, uh, and I'm glancing through the, um, the uh cast and i don't see who the daughter is i'm not sure mm. i mean look the, too. The, she's definitely not called anything baskin uh because jamie. howard baskin does does appear what about jamie murdoch who's that marlo uh i don't see a jamie murdoch in the oh yeah that looks like the daughter are you me. talking about actress murdoch uh marlo okay. kelly Oh yeah, Murdoch is the name in the show. So they're saying Jamie Murdoch. I see her there. So that's 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 the girl from another. Name. That must her be her daughter. Another marriage. No, that's not her. That's not her. No, I don't think so. Pretty She's sure. As... If I'm looking at the Marlo Kelly doesn't seem to have that many pictures. Oh, there she is. Oh, is it her? Oh yeah, it is her. It is right. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's okay. her. That's her. Yeah, I was like, she looks gussied up more than uh, on the so show. So then she calls her daughter, but. She calls her yeah, mom, I don't know. right? She calls her mom and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not really sure exactly. Ooh, that's not a thing from the thing, though. Nobody called that. She doesn't have some weird thing where they make she makes people <laughs> call her mom. No, 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 no. I think they're presenting it as like a former. Like, it's not uh, the kid with the guy she's with now. It's from another uh, relationship. Which, right. I don't know. I don't know enough so, about that. There's also a character over in Carol Baskins' uh, part of the world. Uh, who's uh, he's like a new recruit kind of a thing. Oh yeah, the older guy. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, at Carol Baskins, oh, the, the, oh, the kid that got the new T-shirt. Oh right, yep. Uh, so he's got he's like a new recruit or whatever. Uh, yeah. and he's got a great scene where uh, he pops into I forget what he's telling her, and uh-huh. she just needs somebody to vent at. So uh-huh. he, he she calls him in and then just like yells at him mm-hmm. about the situation. Do you remember this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I thought that was a really good like example of uh, a boss you've had or a boss many right. people have had. You know. Right. Yeah. And so it really, it, it really fills out that like cheap uh uh like dictator. You know, like yeah. budget dictator kind of a feel from Carol. Right, yeah. So that guy gets fired. Uh, spoiler: uh, He's episode two. Yeah, he gets fired. Taylor, I mean, for Tyler. Yeah, like he's like he a go getter. Yeah, because yeah. he's just there for like no pay, dude. He's just like an intern or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You know? He's an almost thirty intern whose parents are wondering why he's doing it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then he gets which fu- uh-huh. is the same as the other guy, right? I mean, not. I, yes. Similar. Yes. In position. Right. Exactly. They, 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 yeah, they balance each other out in terms of their stories. Yeah, for sure. Him and I don't know uh, what the other guy's name is. 
Uh, well, yeah, but you know what though? I would say this guy is not on the same level, obviously, because he's like, well, he's not as important to the story, I would imagine. Exactly. Yeah. So he ends up like, and I don't know how much of this is real. He jack, he gets fired, and then jacks, uh, Carol's uh, little like zip or jump drive, little thumb drive off her computer, okay. and gives that to uh, Joe Exotic at the end of the episode uh, okay. too. So he's like, and it looks like, oh, I can't really tell. I, I'd assume that he's only in the first two episodes, probably, mm-hmm. and then disappears. Um, and, uh, last thing I was just going to mention before we get to our other shows is, um, Jeff Lowe is a guy in the documentaries and then season two, even more so who's not in jail, but seems to be even more, uh, like criminally active than, uh, than Joe exotic. And in many ways, uh, he seems to be like a big time fraud, fraud guy who sets up things. Um, and he comes to basically, uh, invest with Joe because he's got some money, but he's kind of like his money isn't really on the up and up. It's like he does you know, nobody knows where it's coming from because he right. doesn't seem to be a rich guy, but at the same time, he always has money and business ventures and things. So, this guy Dean Winters is going to play him. So I love Dean Winters; he's fantastic. Uh, oh, you might know him as oh, yeah. the okay. King of New York from Thirty Rock, but most mm-hmm. people probably know him as Mayhem from. Uh, car insurance commercials mm, yep uh he's very funny and he's a very very good actor so i look forward to whatever he's whatever whatever his part is yeah he's in four episodes we've got there's eight for the season so yeah i'm curious to get to those episodes because i was kind of asking myself that like oh where is uh where is jeff but it's like he's technically in the back half of of the tiger king story before he goes to prison so um that'll be fun yeah fun is a it is fun. It is a fun show. Uh, yeah, it's probably the right word for it. It's it's a little uncomfortable, especially knowing where it's gonna go. And yeah, uh, I know. But uh-huh. at least I know that there were the minimal amount of people who were uh, killed and or maimed in the making of this story. So some people were maimed, I believe, right? Uh, oh, there was a maiming well, over at Joe Exotics. Cat. Yeah, yeah, not during the time of like anything oh, active no, in the documentary, okay. but like at some point, yeah, somebody accounts like what uh, somebody lost an recounts. arm, right? Yeah, yeah. There's like a worker there that um, like like again, you don't see that happen, but she recounts the story of how it happened ah, on his property because he doesn't have the proper so trained people. I and stuff. think I'm a little more comfortable laughing at the situation, knowing that in the end, like it wasn't as awful and tragic as it could have been. Yeah. No, I I think that's right. Um, I'm just looking though at Rotten Tomatoes, and it's interesting that it's got 35 percent um, from For, the critics. Okay, eh. which like there's okay, so they say Kate, Kate McKinnon, John Cameron Mitchell do an admirable job of bringing these larger than life figures back down to earth, but Joan Carroll feels like a pale retread of an already overdone tale, which I don't really agree with actually. I mean, I don't know how overdone it is. It's just been yeah. done the one time. Right, exactly. That's why, like, I don't know if it's, they're just saying everybody's burned it's out soon, on the story maybe? or something. What? Maybe they're saying it's too soon. Maybe, yeah. But you know what? Even though it's thirty five percent, it's got six out of ten. So it's like maybe. people are kind of like kind of thumbs upping it. Um, and then eighty nine percent for the fans, which uh, that that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, the fan base is uh, it's a popularity contest kind of uh, yeah. vote and. Um, the, yeah, this Tiger King was huge, uh, and and people had a fervor for it. You know, people thought they got really like invested in Joe Exotic. Right, 
right. not enough for him to get a pardon from uh, then president ex game show host guy, but um, <laughs> yeah, but still enough of a fervor that we know that there was a limo waiting outside of his jail cell or his right. prison cell for right. that pardon to come through. Yeah, that's funny. Now there's a lot of fun stuff related to this story. So yeah, as far it, as the show, a lot worse stories that they've made fun shows out of. So right, I don't feel too bad watching this one. Yeah. No, so maybe, maybe you'll, maybe you'll poke some more. Oh, episodes, I'll probably huh? finish it. I'll oh yeah, cool. Finish oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. I would prefer this to watching the actual Tiger King. Wow. Okay, I can see that. Um. um all right, man. Speaking Let's... of Kate McKinnon, though, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Oh no, that's you. I didn't see the next show. Oh, okay. You were setting me up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going back to what we were already setting up. Yeah, there yes. is. There, we're going to talk about a show that's not involving Kate McKinnon anymore. But it's, it was. It was. It's called The Dropout, and it's a TV series that chronicles Theranos founder. So oh. I remember the word Theranos in the news a few years ago, but I don't remember mm -hmm. what it is, Dan. What is Theranos? Yeah, so Theranos is a company that this woman, Elizabeth Holmes, started that was basically uh, surrounding this device or a machine or a system that basically takes your blood a mm -hmm. uh, single drop of blood and you can check at your home any potential for diseases or illnesses or whatever is going whatever ailments are happening yeah, so it was it was sort of like how in sci-fi tv shows and movies you can yeah. get into a computer and then the computer will diagnose you like like kind of like those car like uh, like it would hook up to a car and tell you all the things that are wrong with a car kind of right, right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, like a like a meter or a reader. Um, what do I call that? An OBD ODB two meter. Mm. That can read all your your trouble with your with your cart, and it could yeah. give you like so, prognostications about health and things like that. Right, exactly. Yeah, kind of just help you yeah, to identify some some trouble area with your. Now there was a problem with this machine, as I understand it. Oh yeah, no, totally. Like so, that's the whole thing is that she was so dedicated to making this thing work it was like the, the kind of the square peg and round hole idea mm -hmm. you know she was trying to really fit this company into a space that like needed to be revolutionized like with the because there is really only and she says this i think in episode two uh because i've seen three of these so far there's three episodes out and i'm really into it so yeah i'm completely up to date on it but okay. uh, but yeah she talks about how like there's basically two companies in this seven billion dollar industry um and so she's trying to kind of revolutionize that space and get investors but she doesn't have a working prototype she hasn't proven that this thing even works at all and so she's just a really good kind of like i mean she's young she's a dropout from stanford so she's trying to learn the ropes of of selling people to get money venture capital right. money and um uh so yeah so this the show is just basically taking us through this process of hers and how she kind of has misguided uh, ideals on like she just wants to become a billionaire. She says that early on. And right. So, yeah. By Again, any means similar to the last show we were, uh, we were talking about, the the mm -hmm. goal is not the positive influence that is placed on the on like on the marquee saying this is why we're doing this to do a good thing, be it save right. big cats or uh you know heal people's uh ailments but in reality right. the entire project is just an ego trip for the person at the top yeah exactly yeah yeah and she has 
it's interesting because it's just how people it's an interesting character study because uh she's a character who comes off like she just wants to succeed by any means and she has this little rock made it's like a paperweight mm-hmm. and on it she says and it's kind of become it was like becoming her moniker of like what would you do what like what lengths would you go to not fail basically like if, if you you know you had wow. you had this idea had to succeed what would you do so you wouldn't fail so she was like basically just digging digging into the whole bag of whatever kind of tricks she could come up with to try and you know keep getting money for the company keep hoping things are going to kind of work out and really it's like if you know the doc you know you know that uh, this does not end well at all you're right and yeah. and i think that's uh it's yeah, a lot of times shows uh happen because they speak to a moment in time and yeah. i definitely think the idea of a character who's gotten very good at gathering money mm-hmm. uh, but not the reason why she's gathered the money and yeah. that like coming back to biter is yeah. is it's of the moment i think it's very yeah very good like timing for a story like this yeah exactly yeah no, there's a lot of this kind of stuff going on. And it wonders, it makes you, huh? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it just makes you wonder like what other stories similar to this, maybe not on this yes. level that go on, you know, that's just like, oh, I bet there's damn. even bigger things we've never even heard of. Could be. It could yeah. be. It's it just part of it is that her as a person is very interesting. Um, she's very kind of has this like, eccentric thing. And she, you know, everybody knows about the voice thing, you know, that she mm-hmm. has this like put on voice. But what, what was interesting is that there's a transition point between that. Like when she basically in the, in the show, how they're showing it by episode three, she's transitioning into this other character. Char- yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Cause it's seeming like the bottom's dropping out and things are going to come to an end kind of, and everybody's calling her out on her shit. And then she's pivots and changes her voice. All of a sudden she's dressed up like a CEO and she's becoming more professional when it's like all the cards are down and uh, she's basically faking it till she's making it exact right yeah like to the to the craziest craziest degree basically yeah it's it's the idea of like uh it's like what if fake it till you make it but making (laughs) it appear real was the most important thing and like actually doing the thing is not important at all like that completely not being handled yeah that's what it's coming across yeah so that's cool that's i mean that's that's uh there's a lot of stories like that uh but they're often very good of just uh-huh. like mounting mounting uh uh catastrophe right right absolutely yeah. um so one of the reasons i was going to say i think this show is, is succeeding um both critically and just for me personally like a, it, it's a really uh worthwhile thing partly because i like stories like this that are kind of like halt and catch fire style like origins of the you know tech company thing you know yeah it's like seeing that process how that stuff is going on in the background basically yeah right the background of all of our amazons and our googles and things yeah right and how it came to be even though this one's a little more tragic because it's not like a facebooky type thing where it's just right but you've got like uh and there's more comedic ones like what's the silicon valley or Mm -hmm. stuff like that is that what's called silicon valley right silicon valley's complete comedy yeah yeah, but it's but it's still the basis of mm-hmm. I've, I've seen enough of that show to be like, oh, there's a lot of stuff about the tech industry that I'm learning about through this show. Like, yes. I do think a lot of this is true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that a lot of that is kind of darker mm-hmm. stuff, even if it is a comedy. It's still like, yeah, we're seeing the it's also 
I, I, I know I mentioned this about a couple of shows already, but mm-hmm. the cast is very good the, the of this show, of the dropout. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just great. off the top, I like Amanda Seyfried. I think she's a good actress. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so she's, she's great. running the, the boat. Mm-hmm. Naveen Andrews I haven't seen since he was Saeed on Lost. How's he doing? Right. Yeah, no, he's really yeah. good. It, the only weird thing, this is like a very like kind of a superficial thing, but sure. like still... They say in the middle of the show, or not in the middle, like the somewhere in the first episode or something, they call him like a thirty, a mid thirties <laughs> Pakistani guy or something like that. Like right. she's referring to him like that, and I was just like, uh, no. Naveen Andrews so... was a mid thirties guy when he was on Lost. Right, exactly, exactly. So that was yeah. kind of funny that they're trying to like kind of make he this is, guy come off. He, young. He's in his mid thirties. He is in real life twelve years older than me. Yeah. I am not in my mid thirties, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, you look younger than him by ten years, and you guys are. I, I don't know. You guys are probably ten I years am, different, actually. And I'm right, even yeah? more than right. that. Yeah. Well, younger than him by twelve. Uh, but no, he's a good actor, though. I like him a lot. I also like yeah. uh, Michaela Watkins, even if I didn't love uh, Schmigadoon. I think it was called. Uh huh. Was she that? in that? Was she in? Yeah, that was her. She was in it the- was her and uh, Keegan Michael Key. No, no, no. That was a. Uh, that was Cecily Strong. Ah, I get them confused. Yeah, they're, they they do, they do look similar. Yes, I um, for, I remember the first thing I saw Michaela Watkins in was a spoof of uh, the podcast Serial, where she oh, played. Uh, that's funny. What's her name? Oh, from SNL, Sarah, right? Sarah was that um, Sarah Koen- right. Koenig. Koenig. Sarah Koenig. Koenig. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was on SNL for a couple of years, but uh, mm-hmm. and then she was on a show called Casual, which was really good on uh, Hulu. Like Hulu's actual Hulu's first, that might be Hulu's first original programmed show. Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. So the but cast she's been working. She's been working. She was on New Adventures of Old Christine, the the show that if you oh, wow. uh, if you compliment uh, what's her name on that show, she will be uh-huh. very happy. Julia Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> if you compliment her yeah. on that show, you will make her super happy. Right, because that was kind of a more unknown type of show for mm-hmm. her. And, but it, yeah. from what I understand, it's great. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Sam Watterson is also on this show. Laurie Metcalf, Michael Ironside, William H. Macy. This is a Bill Irwin skips in there somehow. Yeah. Stephen Fry. Yeah, dude. No, there's like, it, the show goes deep. And really, we haven't even seen as of episode three. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing Michaela Watkins yet. Um, okay, so. she's in seven eps, so it, all the rest, I guess. Seven, yeah, seven more. Yeah. Linda Tanner, she's uh, playing Linda. Oof, Linda. That Linda, you know how Lindas are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Lindas. It literally means uh, uh, what? Linda would be like precious or pretty. Oh like right, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of good uh cast. Like, there's no problems here with anything with related nope. to cast at all. But um. But I wanted to mention who the uh, creator of the show is technically, okay. which is Elizabeth Merriweather, who um, who is known to me for the her big first success. I think was uh, New Girl. She was the showrunner for, oh, uh, cool. for New Girl. Yeah, 146 yeah, episodes. All mm-hmm. of New Girl, I think, or almost all of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's why I first saw her name pop up on something, and so yeah, it's cool to see her doing something else that's real solid. So it makes sense. Absolutely. She's got some good mojo. Um, yeah, and then the director, I think of every episode, at least so far, is Michael Showalter. Oh, neat. Yeah, who we does know from- Does he direct? Uh, is that a thing we know? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he has been doing like, a, like he directed the big, not the big sick, uh, 
Oh no, he did. He did. Oh, I'm sorry. He, oh, did. he did. Yeah, because okay. I thought I thought that was uh, Apatow, but he wrote it. I don't think he. Yeah, he I don't remember him having. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, Wet Hot American Summer is his one of his big things, which is also the he state, right? That? He was in the state. Yes, he was in the, in the state. state. Yeah. Um, and then I think he direct. Uh, oh, he's the. Oh, he's actually. Here we are. Wait, is 20, he the, 20 directing credits? Um, oh, he a did lot of TV. He did create Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. But I'm not well, sure if he directed yeah. it, though. Yeah. I'm not sure he directed it, yeah. I don't think he did. I mean, it's not on his directing. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes sense. He's but he performing. did direct The Shrink Next Door. I don't remember if people liked that or not. No, it is not coming they across didn't. well, I don't think, for people. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got a 7.1 on IMDb. I don't know what that means. Um, That's not bad. But, uh, That's not bad. But uh, I, I don't know. But I, mean, I don't know if IMDb ratings are good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know sometimes they like gang up on things that like people yeah, just overwhelmingly hate by by uh, committee. Commi- so, right. You know, right. It's kind of a little tough. Oh, that show Walter also um, created uh, Search Party. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I saw. Oh, I didn't see oh. that he created. I saw that he directed a few episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Created. Cool. cool. So wow. I honestly cool. know Michael Showalter uh, the most from his podcast, Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. I think I spent the most time with Michael Showalter in that. That's the wrong Michael. I'm sorry to Damn burst it. your bubble. Yeah, I'm sorry. Which that's Michael, Michael that? Ian Black, also that's from the right. state. <laughs> Wait, did my, does Michael uh, Showalter have a podcast? I don't, not that I know of. Not that I know of, but um, I wonder. I'm just uh, getting everybody mixed up today. <laughs> I think, but I can see why though. That's funny. I can ex- absolutely Michael, see. No, who's who is the Tom in that? That's Tom from uh, Ed. That's who I'm and mixing up. I'm not mixing up Mike, oh. Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter. Oh, that's those funny. are not the people because Mike Ian Black and Showalter are very different. I think. Right, Tom Cavanaugh. Tom I think Kavanaugh. maybe that. Oh, that's the dude from Ed. Right? Ed, yeah, exactly. No, and that's I'm how they know each other. Either. Yeah, <laughs> they're very different too. Damn it! It's all good. It's all good. You got to put. Yeah. You got to put that neck out there. I do I know like who Show Walter is. To be clear. Yes. Yes, you do. He's a big funny guy. Um, yes. Anyway, He's a, he had a show called Topics with Michael Ian Black. Yeah. He yeah. had a podcast. Yep. I mean, he had a podcast called Topics with Michael Ian Black. So I'm not uh-huh. crazy. <laughs> You're not crazy. He did a show yeah. with Michael Ian Black, who is the Mike in Mike and Tommy Snacks. So oh, Stella, con- right? Yeah. Stella. Yeah. Well, oh, they're that both from Stella. Yeah. 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 Um, Stella's a sketch comedy group for anybody who doesn't know. They had a yeah. season on uh, Comedy yeah. Central, but I think yeah. mostly they were on YouTube and stuff that I remember. Yeah. But it was good. It was really good. Um, so I don't think you will like uh, the dropout really. I'm probably not going to watch thing? it. Yeah, I don't really I don't blame you, but for the most part, people that just There's, like compelling dramas, it's is actually There really is good. one thing about this show that makes me not want to watch it more than the other shows that you watch that I don't want to watch. Uh-huh. And it's that uh, I don't want to watch those other shows because they're about fictional shitheads doing shitty things, but being uh-huh. interesting and compelling while they're doing them. So people watch bad people do bad things yeah. fictionally. Right. This is a true person who truly did bad <laughs> things mm-hmm. and is compelling to watch. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I can't. It. I'll sit there and I'll just be like, well, everything's broken if she got away with this this far. <laughs> like, yeah. If she got this far with this nonsense, we have to break the whole system. Well, yeah, and that's where it's it comes down to even with with uh, with um, Joe and Carol, Joe versus Carol is like it's a fine line with these uh, docudramas. I feel like where 
it needs to be compelling on its own merits separate from mm-hmm. like anything we understand of real life you know where like the show can exist kind of in, w- within its own little world and, or yeah or it has a point to make like uh-huh. and we've been talking about these docudramas what's the one with um with michael keaton about the Oxypop? yeah dope sick yeah there really you great. go really that great. kind of yes. something that i would be like that's what i want to see more out of like and from what i understand yeah. The show is just as compelling and like and engaging. Yes. Yeah, it was it's great. It's not like a like a like a bummer fest of just sad right. news being rubbed in your face. That's exactly it. And that's what I described to uh my sister who I was like, "Oh, yeah, I think you I think you should watch this show." And I was like, "It's not just like depressing mm-hmm. as you would think, with just watching people like dying every second of overdoses. It's like, no, we see it from the side of the billionaires and what's wrong from that side as well, yeah. too." So it's like, yeah, it's a cool mix. Um so yeah, you're right. That's a good example. Oh, and just for anyone who wants like a good like uh just a thing to to watch uh uh michael keaton's acceptance speech at the sag awards he gets teared up and he's talking about his experience with addiction um through some of his family and stuff yeah it hit hard dude it's a it's like a three four minute clip since we're done here i'll go check it out yeah i love michael michael keaton's fantastic yeah Uh, absolutely he, he, he every now and then he has like an old person opinion and right. it's so rare for him to have those because he seems to be pretty hip and with it yeah uh that i'm always like oh he is like an old guy look at him <laughs> yeah look at him being an old guy over there michael he's keaton great. is 60 he's at least in his 60s for sure but yeah yeah i want to say what how old was he when he was batman he's in, like what, 49 that was 89 sure, late 30s maybe early 40s gotta be i would maybe put him at 40 and that yeah. was a while. it was 31 years ago right <laughs> 33 i keep thinking it's 2020 oh my god dan i also saw a tv show yes <laughs> moving on it was also from our list uh yep. i'm gonna keep this kind of short because i didn't mm-hmm. have a lot to say about it other than i did like it it was fun it was funny it is a small scale show very much so it's called right. our flag or it's called our flag means death uh-huh. it's about the flag the jolly roger or variations thereof that flies above a pirate ship that when you see it that you know trouble possibly death is headed your way uh-huh. this particular pirate ship is not quite as deadly as you might expect and you would be able to tell by seeing the flags that they're flying which are a cat, a mm-hmm. uh, skull vomiting buttons, and a skull biting another skull. Oh, I'm sorry. And a skeleton holding his own skull. All <laughs> terrifying situations. And that's yeah. why they chose to put them on their flags. That's fine. Uh, I like that. It's a goofy, I guess, uh, we, we talked about it last week, but it's basically uh, a, it's a show about a rich ponce who mm-hmm. hires his own pirate crew and decides to go pirating. But because right. he's a rich ponce, he doesn't know the first thing about it. He's played by, uh, what's his name? Reese Darby. Reece Darby, yeah. Uh, which, which is perfect because he plays it with pure genuineness. He really does want to be a pirate. Every now and then he realizes he's probably bad at it, but he does want to try. Yeah. And, um- uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, 
we didn't really set this up either that you you didn't watch the dropout and then I didn't watch our flag or I wasn't gonna but I saw a little right. of the first episode I saw I was a little gonna say bit you did end up watching a little bit right yeah yeah I, I just to get kind of a little bit of the vibe of it and mm-hmm. wasn't super into it so I'm curious to hear um I, what you thought of there's about, a there's about a couple of things about the show that are a little bit surprising now i'll I'll say right off the bat that because maybe because of some of the accents but definitely because of the sensibilities Uh i'm drawing a lot of like uh taika ytt tv vibes so um okay stuff like uh what's it called like it's not coming to me reservation Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In the shadows, what we do in the shadows, what we do in the shadows more than reservation dogs. Right. Okay. Um, Yep. Cause it's more extreme comedy. And, and this weird, like it's not mock documentary, but it is Mm -hmm. like slice of life, fly on the wall kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and there's one aspect to it that I didn't expect. And that's that it's all couched in a sort of kindness that is built on a like self help, ish type of uh idea so the character of uh of reese darby uh steed stead steed bonnet Uh uh-huh um he's constantly he's very clearly trying to make the lives of his pirates better but he's using modern day uh like uh what are those like psychoanalysts and therapy type Uh uh-huh concepts yeah which obviously don't they fly in the face of the idea of the traditional pirate pirates are you know rah and grr yeah yeah Uh uh-huh except the show takes the conceit that these pirates have been hired they've not just been hired but they're getting a steady paycheck which is not how pirating is supposed to work (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. and so they have fully uh, mostly dedicated themselves to following their captain captain Wants us to have a, a an hour of of, of sewing, uh-huh. so that we can get our creative juices going, but also so that we can make a flag for our pirate ship. Right. Okay. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> get to work, and then and, and everybody's all, like the majority of the characters are super super soft. Like the character themselves are supposed to be a scary pirate, but because they're in this situation that's asking them to do kind soft cute things, they are coming yeah. off kind soft and cute. Right. Even though they're Gur are pirates. Right. For example, one of them is Hodor. Yeah. Hodor is one of the pirates. He looked familiar. It's, yeah. And you know, like outside of the show, mm-hmm. Hodor is like a giant teddy bear, right? Right. Yep. So they just play into that in the show. He's basically a giant teddy bear. Yeah. He loves that the captain reads them a story at bedtime every night. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. This That's is where funny. the show is coming. These are the sensibilities of it. It's definitely trying to be cute. Uh, I don't know if it's family friendly necessarily because they're constantly asking about the pillaging and the violence they should be doing. Yeah, right. Right. But I don't think anything in the. Oh, no, no. Lots of people die in horrifying ways. I take it back. (laughs) Somebody takes a sword to the face all the way through. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, somebody. And when I say somebody, I mean, shoot. I thought I would have his name by the time I finished that sentence. Never mind. Uh, who, oh, who gets the sword? The yeah, it seems yeah. like we're gonna get a lot of one episode off uh, characters. Yeah. Uh, and in the first episode, uh, our main character had runs into who used to be like a jerk that like 
uh, bullied him, but is now uh-huh. a naval captain. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't yeah. go well for him until, you know, he kind of just does whatever he wants. And the person's name is Rory Kinnear. Thank you. Oh, okay. Not Rory Kinnear. And I don't believe he's going to be uh, showing back up. He was in the show Penny Dreadful as the uh, as Frankenstein. Not Frankenstein. Oh. Frankenstein's monster. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was also in the Bond movies as Tanner. He's in Skyfall. He's in Quantum of Solace. Yeah, uh, he's good. He was in Imitation Game. Yeah, he's a cool actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if all the episodes are going to have like a throwaway like person a-lister a character yeah cool. yeah A-lister. that is cool yeah so does uh taika pop up as taika Blackbeard does not appear yet? in the first episode oh really okay that's what i was like kind of waiting yeah. for and i was like what's going on here? uh fred armison is listed in the credits but i don't remember who he was oh he's in the trailer uh, so maybe later yeah. oh maybe later. i know he's in the show yeah yeah but i didn't see him in the first episode uh-huh. uh you and bremer or Bremner, you and Bremner. I don't know if you remember, but you would remember Spud from Train Spotting. Oh, okay. Uh, the you remember him, the skinny dude. You know what? If I saw his face, do you want me to just say the is is he or is he not the guy that with the sheets that he's trying to dry to wash in? That's as much as I'll say about that scene. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's that guy, right? Okay. Yeah. And that's Spud. I think you're right. Uh oh yeah he does look way familiar yeah Spud yep so he's there he's like kind of like his first mate sort of uh-huh. which is fun that means he's gonna get a lot of lines and stuff yeah there's also this dude Nathan Fode uh who plays like his uh kind of doughy uh like the only other intellectual on the boat yeah the only person who's gonna write or whatever uh-huh. he looks super familiar but he's not in anything I would know him from. Yeah, he's a new. He's kind of a new actor. It looks like or Seems a writer like too. He's barely got any real work so far. Yeah, uh, he's great. He's cool. he's got a he's got a good little like uh, straight man to to Reese's uh, funny man. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, Hodor's in it. Uh, I like that everybody's absurd from the beginning. I was I thought it was all gonna be him fighting everybody. Right. Yeah. They kind of go along. Yeah, I thought that too. I thought there was going to be like a break-in period before they like as they're setting off like on their first trip or whatever, you know, but it's obviously like they've already been on the boat and everything's kind of established for the world already, right? You there? Lost my mic there for a second. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh <laughs> yeah, they're uh they're they're all like um career pirates. Uh but by the way that they kind of like uh brag to each other the piracy they've done you can yeah. tell they're actually probably the bad pirates like you he, he uh, probably got the shitty ones right um that's funny but uh, yeah I, i'll keep watching i want to see what leslie jones shows up as oh Spanish I was, something i was just looking at the some of the cast down the list here uh rory kinnear oh i thought it said greg kinnear and i was like wait a minute but maybe this guy's <laughs> related i don't know uh, you know, they, there's a dude in the oh, cast. Oh, that's who you mentioned. That's who you mentioned. Yeah, My that's bad. The guy, that's the guy Captain takes the sword yeah, to the face. Right. Spoilers. It doesn't matter. There's no spoilers in this. It's a comedy. It's a big, silly comedy. There's yeah. no there's no uh, stakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samson Kayo is one of the, uh, he's like a bigger black dude. He's one of the guys mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the, the crew. Um, he kind of, he's kind of got like a, a more straight ahead jokey style 
of mm-hmm. who's the dude who does the high pitch voice? He he's he does video games a lot. He plays video games, streams them. I don't know. He's like uh oh, it's gonna kill me that I don't I, I like follow him on Twitch too, and it's and it's gonna bug me that I don't know his yeah. his name, but he reminds you of that guy? Yeah, he, kind of, he yeah. reminds me a lot of this comedian, um, uh-huh. Ron Funches. I can I can remember oh. Ron Funches' name. Yeah, but yeah. you know, Ron Funches has yeah. has a voice. He's yeah. not affecting a voice. He just has a, a different voice. Kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes people have voices that are, and they can yeah. do a voice that sounds normal, but that's not their normal voice. Right, right. I'm thinking of Miss Dynamite, and I can't remember her name. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, that, like, yep. her weird voice is her is her normal <laughs> Maria Bamford. Uh, Maria yeah. Bamford. Maria yeah. Bamford's like, like ah, people. <laughs> that's how she yeah. normal talks. And then she talks like this sometimes. And that's her right. clearly making fun of normal people. Or yeah. Normal voices. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Samson Kao, like a, like a Ron Funches who's not, who just already has a normal voice. Uh-huh. Yeah. It looks like Taika directed everything too. Oh, that's cool. Which is cool. You, yeah. You can when they when when there's a lot of boat exteriors, there's a lot uh-huh. of boat sides of boats where you yeah. where like a small boat is floating up to a large boat, but you cannot see the water. Uh-huh. That is very uh, stagey. Is very right. low budget. Like yeah. uh, they built this boat set, and that's all. You know. Okay, so this is what I told my brother. For one thing, on the boat deck, that looks like they're really in the ocean, which they could be. For sure, filming out at sea somehow. That would be wild to me. But Considering yeah, how I know. much it seems like they saved on some of this filming, right. it'd be crazy if some of it is actually filmed on the water. Or like yeah. on an ocean. Maybe on the right. water, but not in an, like, yeah, maybe like, like a, a tide pool that they yeah. film on, you know? Yeah. yeah, right. But, you know, the boat to me looked really familiar. Uh, not that I watch a lot of movies with like old pirate ship boats, <laughs> uh-huh. but uh, it looked like from Hook. It looked oh, like the wow. boat. The interiors, too. Okay. Look like the interiors from Hook. I could be completely sure. off, but I do I vaguely remember. I feel like Captain Hook did have a library in his in his uh, captain's quarters. Uh-huh. Which uh this cat which uh Reese has a library in his quarters and immediately somebody says, "What happens when the boat sways?" Right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly good. what That's you would good. expect to happen yeah. to a bookshelf full of books. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's so cool. yeah, I think cool, in the end it's worth checking out if you like a Taika style comedy. If you like uh, uh, Reese, uh, what's his name? Uh, Reese Darby. Darby. Yeah, I want to see Reese Davis. Reese Darby. Yeah, because that's exactly what I told my brother. I said, "Hey, you remember uh, Murray from mm-hmm. Flight of the Concords?" And he said, "Yeah." And I was like, "Do you want to watch his new show?" And he said, "Yeah." So I was like, "Yeah." There you go. I definitely, I would love, I don't think they will, but I would love if somehow Britain Jermaine did show up somehow in the show. That would be neat. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. But I think this was like pretty much an L.A.-based show maybe, even though there's mm-hmm. like a lot of British people. I could be wrong about that. but British or Taika's not British. No, yeah, the, uh, New Zealand. Like obviously New those Zealand. guys are from New Zealand, but... I don't know, man, because the thing oh, is... Oh, I guess uh, yeah. uh, Hodor is British, right? Yeah, and there's like other British people I've seen on that cast. Uh, yeah, Ewan Bremer too. is Scottish. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That that might affect things. Just because if it was filmed during the pandemic, obviously, like New Zealand and Australia, if you don't know, are like hard, hardcore with the lockdowns and the, the like quarantine periods if you leave the country yeah. and try and come back. So, might have. So, yeah, any, but any studios that wanted to get a jump start on filming, not waiting for America to get its pandemic game down, move their productions to uh, <laughs> deep, deep South Pacific. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. isolate. All, All right. Then right, we went through some of the shows that we covered last week. That's just going to mean yeah. we're not going to be able to talk about them next month when we do our upcomings. So right. better not hear about any about anything about these shows next month. <laughs> I won't say a word about them. <laughs> yeah, right. not yet. That's not till season two. Yeah, not till season All right. two. All right, man. Adios. Bye. Now, two, one.